Hello and welcome to Planet NOLA. My name is Mary Jacobs. I am your host. This is the podcast where we talk to people in New Orleans that I think are cool, doing cool things, just some people in the city that I'd love to shine a little light on. Today, I'm so lucky to have with me Tanaj Jackson. Hi, Tanaj. Hi. Tanaj is an incredible member of our community. Um, She's an organizer of a mutual aid effort for her neighborhood, the Seventh Ward Triangle. She's also an actress, performer, theater director, theater theater person, theater personality. I'll take it. Yeah, and newly uh, a masseuse, correct? Yes, this is yes. Your, your newest endeavor. Officially, I have to tell you that we're a massage therapist, not masseuse. Right, 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 right. <laughs> What's the difference between a masseuse and a massage therapist? There's literally no difference. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, get it right. Yeah, one of them like sounds a little sexual, so we try to avoid it. Oh, uh, because it sounds yeah. sexual? Hot. I never thought about <laughs> no, that. I'm like, I don't care. Bro. I want to go. If I were a massage therapist, I'd be like, call me a masseuse. I want to do it, but they're like, you must not be serious. It's like, I don't care. Oh my God! I well, live in New Orleans, it's fine. It is what it is. Body work by Naj. <laughs> yes, that that is Tanaj's massage therapy practice. So if you're looking to get a good rub down, which I made very sexual, <laughs> <laughs> find your local masseuse. <laughs> find you your local masseuse rub down. That sounds awful. That's awful. I get why they say <laughs> massage therapist now. I get it. I understand why. Now you know. Anyway, well, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for doing this. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Like, I've been up for hours. I had lots of coffee, and now I'm on to the better thing. Hell yeah. Well, I really wanted to talk. I was, I was, I've been talking about having you on here for weeks and weeks and weeks because I think that the kind of work you're doing, specifically with the Seventh Ward Triangle, um, your mutual aid efforts, is, I mean, it's truly aspirational and beautiful and, like, it's something that I wish there was more versions of in the city. And it's also something that is super duplicative. Like it, yeah. it is entirely possible that the work you're doing can be done by most people in their communities. And what you've done is do it. <laughs> you, you did the thing. And I <laughs> no, was, we need more people to do yeah, the thing. Yeah, and so I would love for you to talk about what your neighborhood effort looks like, what, what it is that the Seventh Ward Triangle mutual aid effort is just generally. Okay. Um, so I think initially when I started, I was just set on being, not on purpose, but like being a one-woman show. I was like, nope, I'm going to go shopping every week. I'm going to go put food in there as much as I can. I'm going to just help out the my neighbors and community as much as I can. And it got real old real fast. Like it was a lot of money to try and spend for myself. Right. Um. And then it was just a lot of work, like trying to like get through COVID, trying to like keep up with, you know, doing theater or trying to even just just have a social life. I'm like, OK, you always have to clean the fridge. You always have to do this. And so it's turned into like, how can I get more people involved to re- like to the point where I could disappear for a month and it could still run itself, essentially. And so it kind of has done that a little bit, like especially the last couple months, like people make their own schedules like we have a lady that has been making bread for us for like a year every single day her and her kids and they just like she brings them around in the stroller they put it in the fridge and go about their day and we have a lot of people that do that and so like that's what I wanted to get it to and now we even have there's another like mutual aid pop-up like two three blocks away one of my neighbors has like her little patio furniture set out and she puts free things on that and a couple people were like, you know, are you sad that they don't put it in your fridge? And I'm like, no, the point was like to share. Like everyone should be putting stuff on their porch if they have it. So it just started with a fridge on your property? So it actually started with a little rack that I had. It was like a two-tier thing. And in my mind, I was like, somebody's going to take it. Mm-hmm. So I, I took the top off and I was like, we'll just do the top. And I sat it like on the corner. Um and it, I was like, and I was being kind of creepy. I'm like, oh, let me see if anyone uses it or if it's a weird thing You're in the like neighborhood. <laughs> it was so bad. I would too. I'd be like so curious. I'm like, is anyone actually going like, to look at this? I know. I was like, does by? anyone want that can of peas? Maybe I should get something else. Like it was, it was like that. And so eventually people were using it and someone did take the rack. And so I was like, I'm glad I got this second rack. And yeah. so I put that one out. Um... And then I got a little more comfortable and I moved it like directly in front of my house, mm-hmm. which I was a little nervous about. I was like, oh, people are going to come by here and yeah. it's going to be a lot of traffic. And now it's to the point where like literally hundreds of people come by 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's fine. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Like every day. Yeah. So do you see a lot of the same community members over and over? You see people you haven't seen before oh, regularly? Yeah. Like we all, we have like a, a flow. Like there are people that specifically come every single day. Mm-hmm. But then there's some people that like move around the city a little bit. So it might it might go like a month or two without seeing them and then they're back. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. But then there's always new people that come by and people will travel to get there. Like not everyone has a car. So they're like walking from the other side of Elysian fields to get there yeah it's like that's a lot of walking (laughs) y'all yeah but that just means that this is a service that you're providing that they need access to. yeah and they're gonna get the access how they can get it it's like if you gotta walk you gotta walk yeah and people do it and I try to like deliver things when I can but like trying to keep my own like self-care and mental health and and, like at, at bay I'm like no I can't make it a habit of being a delivery service I'll do it when I can and I can't like extend myself further than that Cause it's not fair because then I can't even run the space that I have. Well, the thing is, is you have to keep it sustainable for you. Because yeah. there's a reason why you started it. Mm-hmm. And you probably still hold that in your heart. Oh, and yeah. you don't want to ever feel like burnt out or resentful towards why you started this thing. Yeah. No, and that was something I had to. I'm glad I'm glad I did. But I did reach out to some other like mutual aid people. And they told me exactly that. They were like, so you have to make this sustainable. It's a marathon. Yeah. So please, like, if you have to take a break, take a break or take a step back, like you've built it up enough to where people will continue to, mm-hmm. you know, help you out or do it. Like ask the whole mutual aid thing is ask for help when you need it. Exactly. I think that a thing that folks who provide mutual aid in the way that you do, which is it's like the forefront of your mind and your lifestyle you're gonna always if you're at the grocery store and something's on sale you're gonna always be thinking of oh. your community Winn-Dixie's my favorite they <laughs> always have random sales I'm like 10 avocados for a dollar yeah exactly so but the, <laughs> the other flip of that is that you are part of the, the equation yeah and I think that that a lot of people that are in care professions or do service work like you're doing they do lose themselves in the equation and then that's where the burnout you forget that you are also a part of the community Mm -hmm. and then but it's bad because then it turns into charity and that's not what mutual aid is it's literally like take what you need when you need it Mm -hmm. because i have people that have full-blown like jobs but like some days they get off work and they come by the fridge and they're like oh yeah i just wanted to see if there was like a soup or something so i don't have to go to the grocery store so i don't have to spend this money it's like use it like it's for everyone yeah exactly and i think people also that's such a good clarification that you've mentioned because i i do think that that might be a thing that happens is folks are like well it's not me i'm not in need Mm -hmm. and it's like that the point is is that we all have needs at different times at different times and it's like there's no shame in that and if we stop vilifying our own needs we can start to stop vilifying the needs of those who have less than us yeah and not that everybody does and not that it's always happening but i think sometimes it does you know i I find when the conversation comes up for if you don't know in new orleans we've got a really beautiful network of community fridges um they're across the city you can look up the resource i know there's an instagram like community fridges new orleans there's there's a facebook resource page as well i'm not sure if there's a website but there are these sources so. across the entire city. And a lot of times in these mutual aid conversations, folks say, well, what if someone takes everything? And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that statement is this thing that halts people. And they're like, "Yeah, I don't want to give aid because what if one person takes everything? And I'm like, what does that have to do <laughs> with giving help? I I don't understand. Do Are you faced with that narrative? Do people come oh, at you with I that? I was just having this conversation with someone last night, I think. I forget who it was. But yeah, we were talking about, um, you know, they were hesitant at first to put anything in the fridge because sometimes people take everything. And I mean, I think we've all heard the narrative like, don't give like don't loan something you're not willing to give away mm-hmm. same thing like if you're gonna put something in the fridge you have to step back like once it's in there you have to just walk away right and sometimes people do take everything and sometimes they'll like t- if people put in packages of water they'll sell it yeah if people like we did a distribution we gave away a ton of diapers and some people were trying to sell them 
You know, so there's a lot of different things that happen like that. But on the other side of it, they're probably selling that because they don't need the diapers at the moment. They might need the money, the money to get medication. They might need the money to get, you know, their their RTA cards or whatever it is. Life thing. Yeah. Like, it's not always the negative narrative. And sometimes they take it because they live in a community of people. They know someone's going to need it. Yeah. Like, they know so, someone's like gonna people need it take it back to their little, their tent cities. They take it back to, like, wherever they might be squatting. Or, like, they have a big family. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell someone that they have to, okay, you can only take one apple. Or, like, no, just take the whole bag and just eat it. Don't waste it. So what's your response to people if they come at you with that? What do you usually say? Um, I think, I mean, I honestly just tell them. I was like, I was like, no, once you put it in the fridge, you have to trust that people are going to do the right thing. Like, yeah. you, you can't police it. Like, that's the opposite. Yeah, it's of like what you're we're giving doing. it away. The act of giving it away is that's the end of your, your part of it. You've yeah. given it away. And from there, it is in the world. And I feel it's the like, same way about people, you know, with, you know, the food stamps. I'm like, you don't get to choose what they get with it. Right. It's like, it's already fairly limited. Like, they can't get a lot of, you know, like, what is that hot food right yeah yeah yeah. and Pre- things like that stuff, right? yeah so i'm like if people want to get nicer meat or like healthier foods or be a little fancy every once in a while it's like they're already in a position where so they have many, to use yeah. food stamps like let I it go know. and people are constantly making moral judgments it's exhausting but the i think that the work you're doing is kind of in spite of those judgments it's like to tell someone, okay, yes, yeah, someone might take everything. Somebody might sell these waters. Yeah. But that doesn't change the work and why I'm doing it. And it doesn't it doesn't change the need for me to put water in the fridge. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. And it just holds people back from helping when there's so much that we can provide. And if we want to get like really into it, it's like, well, they're probably going to sell it for cheaper than it's worth. So they're still kind of helping. Yeah. Like we, we want to get like away from that whole like money exchange in it. But I mean, if they're taking waters and selling them for, you know, 50 cents a dollar, like that's cheaper than the gas station. Yeah. Like if people need water. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell me a little bit about your neighborhood and like your community oh, itself? My neighborhood is so cool, honestly. Like we live on a block with so much culture like most of the residents on my street even they've lived there like they're living in like their great-grandparents houses like they've been here uh and I was I was worried about like how they would accept the fridge and the in the pantry and all that but they've been so helpful they've been supportive they utilize it when they need to they put things in it like it's it's been good and they all they all, when they come by, they get the, I, I appreciate it because they tell me their stories. And that's right. why I know like, oh, you've been here forever. You know your neighbors. Like this is, yeah, like you live here. Like you know everybody on this block. You know all the block drama. This is great. The block history too. Yeah. Sometimes neighbors will know stuff that you didn't oh, know. Oh, they and keep telling me about completely all changes of that. Stuff. Yeah, like there used to be a bakery like in the next block. I was like Ooh. just randomly. And then there are like a lot of the Mardi Gras Indian families live within the very close vicinity. So I'm like, this is great. So whenever anything cultural like that happens, I just go sit outside. I'm like, I hear them. I know they're coming. Yeah, you're near a lot of the happenings. Are, where is the Seventh Ward Triangle? Is it close to the fairgrounds? No. Where is it? No. So it is Elysian Fields, St. Claude, and St. Bernard, like oh, okay. right in the middle of that. You're so close to me. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that's like so easy to get to. I know. I well, everything's easy Franklin. to get to. <laughs> it's New Orleans. Everything's easy to get to, except as I like to say, uptown. Yeah, I will say my GPS tried to put me on the interstate, and I was like, I know where Gentilly it stays is. He's doing that to people. It's, like, that's not going to happen. are <laughs> disrespectful in New Orleans. They have no idea. No. I'm, I, like, I'm insufferable. I'll get an Uber, and I'll be like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please, You know? <laughs> And you always know if the Uber driver is actually from here because they'll be like, all right, where where I need to like, they'll, they'll ask yeah. you like, where you want me to go? Like, tell me how to get there and I'll do it. Or if it's someone who's not from here or somebody's just coming to drive here and maybe lives outside of the city, they will be like, and I have to follow it. Faster. No, you don't. I'm like, listen, I'm- I was not going to get on 610 <laughs> to come down Franklin and do all this other. Like, no, come on. Like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, you got this figured out. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, cool. So I I think that I, I really would love to emphasize to folks listening that like mutual aid 
is accessible to you. Like you can both partake and give. It's a it's a it's a give and take, as as, mm-hmm. as we were just saying. What what is your what do you say to people when they're like, oh, Tanaj, what you're doing is so incredible. I literally tell everyone I'm not doing anything. <laughs> like I, 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 All I did was put up the fridge. Um, and they're like, no, no, no. Like, it's so much more than that. And like, I guess because I've, I've had like my little uh, points where I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I need a break. I can't answer the messages. I can't like physically go do the things for the fridge. So I just tell them the truth. I'm like, look, like it's it's. I feel like I'm not doing anything because I feel like it's so easy that anyone could do it. Right. I'm like, so it doesn't have to be a fridge. It could just be a nice little table outside, like on the corner, like somebody might take the table. But like if you keep putting things on there and encouraging other people to do it, like they they might actually just leave it alone. What are the most requested things from the community members that use oh, your it's tables so funny. and fridges? Fruit cups for me. Really? Yeah. People like, love fruit I cups? I have like grown men like, you got any fruit cups? I'm like, like you mean like the little plastic ones? <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, I really love those fruit cups. <laughs> I was like, okay. It must I be mean, nostalgic. It might be. It was one day somebody put a bunch of like meals in the fridge and then they were all open and somebody ate all the fruit out of it. And I was like, guys, look, I had to throw. <laughs> That's next level. I was like, I had to throw all this food away. I'm sorry for whoever made it. Like, obviously, I can't keep it in there. It's fully contaminated now. Um, but maybe just bring me some fruit cups so we don't have this problem anymore. And I tell people, I'm like, if you make a meal, don't put the fruit salad in there. Yeah. Make it separate. Put it on the side. Because it's, I don't know why. I don't like them. People love that sugary syrup. Yeah. That sweet, sweet sugary syrup. Oh, it's so funny. And I can't move a salad. Really? People <laughs> don't want salad? People don't like salad, man. People don't like salad. I like a salad. How did, has salad like a gets chef, a bad rep. Dude, a, a chef or a restaurant like gave us these beautiful salads. And I'm like, here, sir, here's a great looking salad. And he's like, oof. You got any Oreos? Like, come on. <laughs> Jeez. You're like, this has been made by a, a chef in our great city of New Orleans. This is a $12 salad, <laughs> sir. It's probably more than that. Be probably real. more than they, that. They charge some stupid prices for salads. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Because, like, the meals in the fridge are great and people love them. But, like, for long-term storage, like, people don't always have fridges or electricity. Yeah. So like if they need the canned goods, they need the stuff that's like pre That's real. So I bet you, so a lot of folks who might be using your services don't necessarily have a way to keep things yeah. on their own. So it's like, that's why those pre-made meals are good. Yeah. Because in my brain, I'm always like, because I know about the fridges, obviously, I know about the pantries, but in my brain, I'm like, but do, do people want the pre-made meals? Like it yes, seems like. absolutely. But that is perfect. People who don't have kitchens or people mm-hmm. that don't have, like they can't take a can and open the can and yeah cook it and, and like you said it's also like the nostalgia of like finding something that's already made that you like grew up with right like something that somebody what kind of stuff do people make oh i was gonna, the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like really? people love that <laughs> like oh i would okay because there's like these chicken salad croissant sandwiches <laughs> no i want that peanut butter and jelly it's nostalgia thing. yeah it's like especially if you're not in a stable I guess like living environment or maybe you're just having a bad day. You're like, I want something that reminds me of better times. Do you know one of my favorite things that used to exist in New Orleans when I first moved back after college? So I went in for college and I came back and I was like a broke kid, you know, like As fresh out of college. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I was I was so outrageously broke. It's remarkable, really. And, um, you know, Mardi Gras Zone, the, the grocery oh, store. Yeah. They used to do red beans on Mondays. Pay what you want. Every Monday for years. Oh. And so, like, every Monday I would go and pay whatever I had and get a plate of red beans and rice. And it came with cornbread and it came, or it came with something. I don't know Aww. if it came with cornbread, but it always came with something. And the red beans were perfectly good. Like, and they didn't put meat in it because I don't need meat. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, I could They're just like, get. like, we're trying to keep the cost down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, they had this one chef that worked there for a long time. And it was, I think it was his passion project. And then I he he went that. away. I don't know where he went, but then the red beans and rice Mondays went away. But for me, as like a punk kid, you know, that sm- one meal a week that I was like guaranteed that I didn't have to like yeah. prepare, pay for, like, and it was something I liked to eat. It was like it. I think about it all the time because I'm I'm grateful for it because mm-hmm. it really like it got you through. It did get me through, man, in like a real way, in like a real way. I was like because it was. I also got to have a moment where it was like a tradition. I was gonna say that like there's there's something about 
going out to get your food, yeah. like the socializing aspect of it even. It's like, I would oh. bring a friend. I'd be like, have you ever had the red beans and rice at Mardi Gras on Mondays? Like, it's pay what you want or it's free. Like, and I would just bring different people with me. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I get that. I think the, the fridges are like that, too, though. Like, people gather. They meet there. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, we're having a little party. I'll go sit out here, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but say I feel like you've probably, you probably know your neighbors in a way that, like, <laughs> like old-timey versions of knowing your neighbors. I think Pre-social so. media knowing your neighbors. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty, like, a couple people come to get, like, my partner does haircuts. Like, we have the little... Speak easy barbershop. Oh, don't cute. say anything. And then right behind that is like where my treatment room where I do the massages. And like so many neighbors will come over and get haircuts. And he obviously gives them a hefty discount. Because right. he's like, no, like this is, we're a part of the same community. Like I, I get it. I'm going to cut you a break. And they always like tip him really well. Because they're like, they appreciate it so much. Well, also just like in the event of life happening knowing your neighbors is so crucial yeah hurricanes especially in new orleans but anything anything like you know if something happens and you can't come home for the night they can go in your house and they can check on your dog and your yeah cat. like there are so many times where knowing your neighbors is so critical and you know there's a package on my porch i forgot it was coming can you please run over <laughs> You know, I'm. Well, oh, we've definitely done that a few times for sure. It's, it's a real thing, and it's like it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Like being in a community is literally mutual aid. Like, yeah. If done in the way that I think is best, personally. No, it is. Like I'm trying to think of anyone else. Like there's not many people like within two blocks of our house that we haven't had a conversation with yeah and i try to do that with the you know the unhoused people like when they come by i'm like what's going on with you i'm mm-hmm. like i know about their brothers like who are you dating this week oh, okay remembering All people's right. names yeah like, which no i can't do that it's hard it's hard so bad. but it's something if even if you don't remember everybody's names because you probably meet a lot of people yeah that's understandable i meet a lot of people as well i it's hard but it's like you can remember the details but oh like, yeah oh, last week you said this and like even just that like level of like seeing somebody um, I always talk about we had a guest on here, my friend Maryam, and she's got a program to decarcerate. The idea is to like help folks leaving the prison system to mm. integrate and not go back to prison. And she always says to me, like, a thing you can do for people that have come out of prison is to just listen to them, like ask them about their lives. Yeah. and be interested in their lives treat them like humans because they probably haven't gotten that right sometimes right the whole process of her that she believes in in decarceration is giving people humanity back mm-hmm. and the houseless population has is in the similar way i think to the prison population gets their humanity completely stripped from them yeah constantly that's why i tell people i'm like look i know like sometimes i ask for things that are like super sugary or not really healthy but i'm like i'm literally relaying what people are asking me for because they deserve to choose what they eat yeah like it's as simple as that like they want peanut butter and jelly like please bring it yeah like (laughs) if you have the capacity to do it like why not and why judge it it's like yeah i have my wants and my desires and it's like if a group of strangers were judging me on it and being like, no, Mary, you can't have that PB&J. We're going to bring you a salad. I'd be like, excuse me, I'm a person yeah. with thoughts and feelings. But yeah, people will oftentimes mm-hmm. do this thing where it's like fruit cups or vilify it. And it's like, yeah. no, actually. And also I have this whole thing where food is neutral. There's no good or bad food. It's just no, food, yeah. you know? Like, it's to sustain me so yeah. that I can keep doing the thing. Yeah, exactly. Diet culture and capitalism has really I, I was trying not to bring it up. i was like i could go off on it i was like no i won't i won't say it and it's I'm like, a thing oh. the only time i don't mind when people like have their own personal preferences like of what they put in the fridge which everyone should like bring a, Whatever. a, a yeah. plethora of things it's yeah. fine but like to have like some vegans and vegetarians they're like i don't feel right buying meat I was like, great. Do, yeah. We actually have a lot of people that come by that are vegan and vegetarian. Yeah. So that works out perfectly. Yeah. Whatever whatever it is you feel comfortable with. Bring giving, me fresh produce. It. As long as it's not from this like high ground of being like, you shouldn't eat that. No, you know? no. It's exactly. it's more like them. They're like, I don't feel like I should be buying yeah, it. Yeah. I wouldn't buy meat to give away. I mean, I I get that. But it is, it's like anything is better than nothing. Yeah. Any aid, any help is gonna go some sort of way. I actually started buying meat to put in like the freezer and I'm like, oh, people actually want this. 
Because yeah. it's expensive. It is expensive. It's so expensive. So it'll be rare. It's when I catch my little Winn-Dixie sale. Yeah. It's like, two of these for free? Great. <laughs> like, um, where did I get Tinaj, that from? I, we have to take a break. Oh, yay. We'll be right back. This week's episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness, a group training facility located in Metairie, Louisiana. Vitality prioritizes their members with accessible workouts for anybody, any gender, any size, any ability. I'm a little biased because I do co-own this business, and I got to say we've got one of the best communities around, really great coaches, really good vibes. So if you're interested in trying out our gym, Go to our website, vitalitycommunityfitness.com, click the contact form, and you get three free classes in a week. So come check us out. Hello and welcome back to Planet NOLA. I'm your host, Mary Jacobs. I'm still here with Tanaj Jackson. We spent the first half talking about mutual aid efforts, Tanaj's work with her neighborhood, the Seventh Ward Triangle, their community fridge, their community pantry, um, what is mutual aid, why it matters, how easy it is, how anyone can do it. What is your advice to someone that says they want to do it? I the would, easiest advice out the gate. Do it. Just do it, right? <laughs> Just do it. Like that's the easiest thing to do. There are other things that are equally as easy but it requires a little more effort but like if you want to share resources you um you just do it find a community fridge find a pantry start one if you need to yeah look at no- local nonprofits that are helping the houseless communities oftentimes they have lots of places and resources and maybe they just need volunteers you know people to prepare meals or hand things out like there are so many opportunities especially in this city i can speak for this city that you can do a little bit for your yeah. community. Even as simple as bringing bedding under the bridge. Like right. they don't have this, the capacity or space or anything to wash their things. So they have, they go through a lot. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about it like that. That makes complete sense. Um, Tanaja, a question that I love to ask people is if you, if somebody gave you like, you know, a lot of millions of dollars oh tomorrow. Oh God, I've thought about this a lot. I'm Everyone already. has, this is such a good question. <laughs> um, what would you do with it ideally in this city but it doesn't have to yes be. no i've got it okay you're I ready. got you oh my god so like down the street from my parents there used to be this uh convent they tore it down yeah. and i think the archdiocese still owns the property i'm like i want that i want to build build like a theater space that's like a community for actors low-income housing Whoa. um i want to do like a little uh private school but it's free it's just private um and then all the actors you can you know you can go work there because all of us it's like a performing arts school performing arts but like very focused on what we should be teaching kids when they leave high school so like but like a full school and on the same grounds i want to do like my community center i want to have like the actual food bank it's a whole thing it's a little city within a city i've thought about it a lot and I'm like, how can I get Leonardo DiCaprio to donate $10 million so I can build it? He probably won't do that, though. It'd probably be more than $10 million. It'd probably also. be more than $10 million. I, I, don't know, could, I don't know about money, but it seems like it'd be a lot. But guess what? I would work there. I don't know. I could do a lot with a dollar. So I feel like see. I could, too. Yeah. Like, we could make it work. I feel like I could, too. But I would want more. I would be like, Leo, yeah. you need to give me at least 20 that's how I really feel about it. And that's it. why we're going to be partners Yeah, now. yeah, 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 yeah. Ibotta, yeah. we're going to need that ad space. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, Ibotta. Let's go. I One of my, um, first of all, I would work there. I would, I would, it's your multi-million dollar dream is similar to mine. Mine's a community center where there would be after school care where we pick kids up from school mm-hmm. and we yes. keep them till dinner time. We feed them dinner and then we bring them home. Part of mine was a boarding school because yeah. like kids shouldn't have to go back to bad environments right. if that's what they live or in. Or if there's no dinner at home also. So it's like the idea between school and home that's always been. And then I've always wanted to have a community theater within that. So our, yes. our projects are very similar in our dream world. I've also considered doing it at the Six Flags. I'm like, oh, this would be great great space yeah I, the property you're talking about though is owned by the resilience nonprofit or whatever it's the water thing oh. it's basically staying green space for wa- rainwater retention oh. which is also pretty good because we need okay. it but i'm pretty sure that was when it was 
acquired that was like the rule was that they need to keep it green space and they're building like more rain gardens on it i'm pretty sure i'll take it that was the i went to a community like a planning meetings like years and years and years ago about it when it first started because i wanted to know what was happening with yeah, that property because i it's also massive it's a beautiful property it's beautiful but there is so much un- underutilized property in this city there's way too and much and we're just letting private corporations and house slippers take it all so i mean twist my arm i guess i'll take six flags then yeah take six flags it's a little further than i want but i'll, I'll do it <laughs> I'll find anything. You know, one of my idols is St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, Mother Cabrini, which I'm no longer a practicing Catholic, but I obviously went to Cabrini. And so I have like a, you know, every year at at Cabrini, when you go there, they teach you Mother Cabrini history. So you literally learn the same life story once a year, every year. And you you take a (laughs) test on it every friggin' year. Okay. Anyway, her whole shtick in which I've always really looked up to is she this this developer was like, I'll give you some money to start your orphanage. And I can't remember the exact amount. He was like, you can have, you know, $10,000. And she was like, no. It was probably a lot at the time. Yeah, it was a lot. And she goes, no, 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 no. You're going to give me $100,000. And you're going to give it to me and you're going to be happy about it. And guess what he did? He gave it to her. I also (laughs) want the, like, I'm so the opposite. Like, when people offer me money, I was like, no. No, like maybe not a hundred. Well, like maybe fifty, or if that's too much, I'm like I'm so down, like lowballing myself. I used to be like that, and and now, and I still sort of am with my personal styling business. But my whole thing is like once I feel like my skill level matches what I want to pay or what I want to charge, I just do it. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, get, I have no shame anymore. Like specifically with the gym, I'm like, I know what we're offering, I know the price point yeah. is high, but. There are moments where I do feel insecure, where I'm like, I'm not completely ready to charge it. But a lot of times they say you just charge it anyway. Yeah. You just charge it anyway. I've had a lot of like mentors, I think, with massage. And so like I'm like, no, my prices are what they are. Like I do still offer like I'm like, no, theater people like I'll give you, you know, like a break on this. Like or, you know, people that I know need it. I'm like, but I know the minimum I'm willing to expect like accept Mm -hmm. and so that's my cutoff but my prices are that and I feel comfortable yeah but for some reason like with the triangle I'm like oh when people want to donate they're like how much do you need and I'm like this is what you say you say as much as you can give me because the need is endless. I will use that. It's I mean, think so of Mother hard. Cabrini when you do it. Because that lady <laughs> told that man, no, I'm sorry, sir. You're giving me $100,000 or however much it was. It was a lot more than he offered. Yeah. It was like, a lot more. Didn't even blink. She no. Didn't, she was oh, just like, no. she was like, you don't give it all to me. And he gave it all to her. Damn. And now it's still there. It's, okay. that, it's the really pretty building on Esplanade. The other building was built in the 70s. But the, the beautiful Cabrini that's across from Wait. the from the, the cemetery bridge? the one that's across from the blue bridge is was built in the 70s okay and then the one that was the original orphanage and we still use for school oh it's is right across, across from the cemetery on three. esplanade yeah on esplanade yeah and that building is beautiful if you ever get it a chance is. to go in there have you been in there yeah There's i did a courtyard. like my little school days there like in eighth Aww. grade i was like let me go to cabrini and see what this is about that's cute and you're like i'm not coming here oh, i'm not coming there <laughs> Why did you enter Redeemer Seaton? I, I did, yeah. yeah. Why'd you go there? Um, well, so my sister and my cousin went there like the first year was co-ed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd gone to, and I think that was part of it, like I went to all black Catholic schools my whole life. And that was the only all black like school. Co-ed. On, co-ed, yeah. But it was the only one under the archdiocese. So like I think my parents were like, no, we want you to keep being around like black people and and it was good because they do they do it's some it was like hbcus like how people feel about that it was like you you they instill like so much like pride in your own culture in there on top of the religious aspect i'm like oh no i guess i did need that yeah i'm really glad that you got to have that experience and i i I guess the sad part is is that redeemer seaton's no longer there right no and neither is saint mary's or is saint mary's still a school but what's the other one that went away there was one savior prep so yeah, so now it's St. Catherine Drexel. Did it combine with? Oh no, it's, it's it's a new school. It's a new school, but it's it's technically the same school. Oh, like okay, that was, so we yeah. didn't lose one. It just no, kind of like I think re-branded. Catherine Drexel was either like even like their patron saint. So it's like a oh, little rebranding, okay. some kind of way. I, I didn't go. Well, I went there after Katrina. Like the Max is what they called it. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what happened with that. But it's pretty much like it's everything it's the same is school this, yeah i had thought we lost one i thought that they like saint mary's and zero prep had combined for some reason no so saint mary's is still in the east 
nobody's ever going to touch St. Aug. Well, of course, we have St. Aug. If you're not familiar with the private school situation in New Orleans, it's we talk about it all the time here, but there are Catholic schools. They are the schools in which people, for the most part, will go to less and less lately because our public school system has been changing a lot in the last few years. But there is a huge legacy attached to these schools. Folks that go to these schools have a lot of pride about their schools. Um, and in New Orleans, we have schools that are all black. So St. Aug... St. Mary's, Xavier, what's Xavier Prep called now? Uh, Catherine Drexel. Catherine Drexel, Redeemer Seton. Yeah. But that one's gone. That one's gone now. Um, is there any other Catholic, primarily black schools? I don't think so. But like, how wild and like special is that, that that exists here? I know. I mean, it's funny because like all of my schools technically closed. Like I went to Corpus Christi and oh, that was no. like, and it was, it was such a historic school. Like the, uh, I think it was Sisters of the Holy Family, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh God, they'd be so mad at me right now. Um, <laughs> Um, but it was like all these like black Creole nuns. I'm like, I was, I tell everyone, I'm like, I was raised by black and Irish nuns because when I went to my middle school, it was all of these uh, like Irish nuns with like full blown accents. And I'm like, oh dear, it's like, I am in trouble were here. They, were they real rule sticklers? Oh, I had a principal that walked around with a yardstick and it was covered in duct tape and we called it Mr. Silver. I was like, oh, Mr. Silver's coming because she would beat us it's a thing <laughs> it's not like you were living in the 50s no, like, like it was just beat in the 90s it was just nope you did a bad thing and now you have to <laughs> be punished and whether it was on your butt or on your hand yeah, it was you like you the hands a lot huh oh yeah a big one though i'm at corpus christi we uh <laughs> like we, we we got my fifth grade class got in so much trouble we had to go to reconciliation of like, course yeah Catholic thing. every day like uh-uh. we were I was like I don't even have anything else to confess I was just here <laughs> if you're not Catholic people. listen reconciliation is where it's awful first of all it's like the weirdest part it's of Catholicism. so awkward you end up lying to the priest you, you the don't priest. have anything to say oh my god reconciliation is awful so basically you go in a booth with a priest as a small child and tell them all the bad things you've done which is kinky as hell first of all <laughs> oh my god Ca- Catholic is. Catholicism is very kinky like Damn. deeply kinky but but it's also just like very bizarro that that is how it works as a small a small oh, child. Now I'm never and, gonna get that out of my head. Yeah, sorry. And oh. but like yeah, it's like you said. Like I would go in as a kid and I'd just be like so mortified that I had to be in there and I would just like make stuff up. Yeah, I'd be like I don't know. Like I can't think of all the bad things I've done. I do a lot of bad things. <laughs> and after we got punished and had to go there every day for literally a month, I was like I don't have anything i i was just here yesterday here's my my uh it's been one day since my last confession confession is i want to murder the priest and the nun <laughs> that put me in this booth for the 30th day in a row exhausting oh my god it was so bad and or we have to do like stations of the cross and i'm like that was it that is too much like oh they're sit, so brutal. like stand sit kneels like this is the worst day of my life. The Stations of the Cross is like so dark too. It's super I mean, dark. As you could imagine, it's the literal Stations of the Cross, but it's yeah. like boring and also you feel really sad the whole time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then in Catholic school, you can't not do it because you're going to get in trouble and you're going to end up in reconciliation again. It's wild to me that Catholic Catholics don't like, it's like, oh, we, we have a shortage of priests. It's like, yeah, no crap. You have a shortage of priests. Yeah. First of all, your religion's creepy. Second of all, you don't have the best history of of priestness. No, it's a little kinky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And third of all, it's boring. It's just boring. It's so boring. It's boring. When you would get a good priest in mass, because you have to go to mass when you go to Catholic school here. Some schools make you go once a week. Some We went weekly in middle school. That's brutal. We went once a month at Cabrini. We had a special uh, mass uniform, did y'all? Oh, yeah. We had a blazer. We had to to wear a blazer on top of our uniform. Yeah. We had had the blazer. And then the boys also had a different set of pants that were a different color. So like, if you weren't in uniform, you have to sit in the back of the church. Interesting. You'd get get written up at my school. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. My favorite is when you would like run to the lost and found on the day of mass, like find a blazer because you'd forgotten your blazer. The theater kids at Cabrini, we we had like a like a secret stock in the back in the behind the stage. Oh, that's funny. Because 
the masses were held. We had like a gym theater auditorium situation, you know, like just like the saddest version it's of a theater. That- yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like if you forgot your blazer, it'd be like, who got it? Like who went in the back and, the, and found mm-hmm. the one that we had back there? You know, you throw it on before you got to mass. So funny. So you don't get written up. Oh, I'm, I am I was going to say I miss it. Oh, no. Um, but I don't I, miss it. I, I haven't thought about it. But in I a while. still have nightmares regularly where I'm like, I'm at high school and I have to I have to do something to graduate. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I haven't done this class or this thing. Uh-huh. Like I have tons of dreams about being there. No, I just think about the the yardstick with the duct tape. Oh my god. <laughs> That's brutal. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I don't want to misspeak here, but does St. Aug or did they do corporal punishment? Yeah, but they I think like think they've less than a decade ago they had to stop. Yeah. And even like some of the alumni less I think than a decade ago though. Less than a decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think some of the alumni were like, no, it's Don't tradition. And I kind of felt that way, too. I was like, oh, maybe. That's but no. so crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe. There's there so much it. evidence that like hitting kids it does nothing. It doesn't work. There's so much evidence. And people are like, tradition, beat them. <laughs> <laughs> it's messed up. It's messed I know, up. But it's like it's just somehow it gets in your head, too. So I was like, wait, you're like, I am good because of it. That as that was bad. No, okay. it was. It Damn. was. I was, Think I was just actually much, like, traumatized. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> it's a trauma response. Yeah. It's like, You're like no. no, everything's fine. It was totally okay. I did. I turned out great. No, I'm awful. Actually, <laughs> no, I'm I'm great. struggling. <laughs> no, you're great. You're great. I I truly think about it all the time, and I'm like, how is that a thing? And I bet you it's still a thing some places. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Mind blowing. So, Tanaj, you're directing a show for. Is it the Nola Project? Yes. And it's called. School girls or the African mean girls. Is it with youth or adult actors? So so we're actually using adult actors. Actually, I think the youngest one might be like 18 or 19. But like everyone's like either in college or older. Okay. I thought about like actual kids. But I'm like, mm, let's see who auditions and we'll see what happens right. from well, there. Right. Well, I thought that NOLA Project, they do, they do like a separate thing for kids sometimes. Yeah. They, I think they do like a, a summer, a summer in, yeah, it's like yeah. a summer intensive. But yeah, we do, like I, I assistant directed a show in the fall and we had like an actual child in the show. I was like, no, look, she auditioned. Let's she put her it. in. Yeah. That's what's up. So how's it going? When's it coming out? So we, yeah, we had to push it back because there was like a COVID spike right after New Year's. So we are... They're, so they're gonna do Treasure Island. They've been trying to do Treasure Island for, for a while, years. And right? Like, I auditioned for that in like 2019. Yeah, yeah. And so they're finally gonna get to do it. They're like, "Hell or high water is gonna go." And then they're going right into uh, Schoolgirls right after that. Wow. So it's gonna be like a double whammy. It's like, oh, all right. Good luck to your production manager. So you're a theater person. Do you primarily direct, or is this your directing no. debut? I've done a couple things. Like I assistant directed a, a show for the Radical Buffoons, B- Balloonacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assistant directed, uh, I just said it, Tell It To Me Sweet, like in the fall. I did a, a pod play uh, that I directed. And so this is like, I guess, the first full-blown production that I've directed. Okay. So yeah. Cool. Yep. Hope I don't ruin it. No, it'll no, be fine. You're going to be great. You've probably acted enough that you know how to direct. Yeah, I, I would hope that's the case. But no, I have like a good little vision for it. And I'm excited. And I thought it was funny because it's uh, like it takes place in Ghana, but it's about like a Christian school. Oh my And so gosh. it's like a little boarding school. So that's a real school in Ghana. So it's just flashbacks to yeah, the I was ruler. Like, yeah, I was talking to the cast. I was like, I'm going to need blazers. We're going to have these sweaters. I was like, I want it to be. sweaters. Yes, like it has to be. And it, it's going to look mostly like, I think, the school's actual uniforms. Oh, cool. And so I thought that was going to be fun because I I enjoyed my school. I've never heard I like show. uniforms. Is it, is it a new show? I love uniforms. It's fairly new. I think 2014, maybe, okay, yeah. it came out. Uh, Jocelyn Bio. And she, her mom went to the school that she wrote about. Mm-hmm. And it came about because of... Uh, I think Ghana had like kind of poached this American to be in their Miss Ghana or Miss Universe pageant. So and she was like light skinned woman. And there was like all this uh, like drama about it because they're like, but she's not even she's like half Ghanaian. She wasn't born here. Interesting. Like and but they were like, no, this will be our best chance. And so the show is basically about that. Whoa, okay. Yeah, it's like these girls that are like trying hard to win this show and then an American comes. 
Have you guys had any rehearsals yet? None. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. None. Yeah, you're going to be getting down to the wire. Yeah, doing the last show, it was so fun seeing people. Like, we, we got, like, people involved in the community, a couple of dancers, uh, the high schooler. Like, and it was yeah, so cool. interesting seeing people who either hadn't performed ever publicly mm-hmm. or... Had, or this was like their first show in a couple years and then seeing them evolve throughout the whole process. I'm like, this is great. It is wild when someone takes a note. You like give a note, someone takes it and then it's transformed and you're like, yeah. like I had a part of that and you had a part of that <laughs> and we worked together and we made the thing. Like it feels good. It does, it does. I really liked it. I was like, oh man, I want to do this again. And so luckily I get to. There's just like some magic also that I love to encourage people on this podcast to to remember that New Orleans is like a deeply artistic city with so many kinds of different things to offer. I'm a comedian. Please come see some comedy. Tanaj is a theater maker. There's so much incredible theater in New Orleans. And like less so lately, I feel like COVID has really like, you know, shortened it up a bit. Yeah. No, it's coming back strong and hard though. Like this was a little test run of a year. And I think next year everyone's going full force. That's what I really hope because... The, the theater that has been made here in the past 10, 15, even like 20 years really has been so good. I mean, I remember when the NOLA project started up, you know, Dang. I was in high school when they started up and I remember it and I remember being really inspired and Aww. really just like so happy that it existed here. And I mean, I love the Radical Buffoons and I love Goat in the Road. And if you guys don't consume local theater, you've, you should. And if you need some place to start, Go see Tanaja's show. When does it open? I should know this. <laughs> well, but I don't. <laughs> it got moved. Well, it did, yeah. If you don't keep up with the NOLA project, just keep up with the NOLA no, project. No, it'll be June, mid-June for sure. Like, I know we close on July 1st. I remember that day. That's helpful. Um, but no, we'll Summer. have, yeah, once we start rehearsals, I'll put everything out there it, and everyone should come see it. It'll be great. There's it's a some show really of, incredible. Like, eight black women. Like, it'll oh, be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's you guys need to go see this. I'm going to be going. Absolutely. I try to go to all the NOLA Project shows. I hope you come to all the Radical Buffoon shows, too. I mean, I, I feel like I come I to you a did. lot. You I was just at one. Yeah, but I was like, damn, the girl, I, I was there. <laughs> you did come. If I can make it, I'm there. No, that's good. I'm one of those people where, like, I this like I the reason I was there was because, like, Kendra posted about it, like, that day. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, let me go. Like, I need... Like, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I need to remember that it's this. Like, poor Carrie. Carrie, my producer, knows. Like, if she doesn't tell me something, like, four times, like, the day before the day of. That's why I do not mind you, like, yeah. texting me. So, guys, like, booking Tanaj for this <laughs> slot was a whole feat and getting her to commit to this. And you weren't the first person that's been like this. And it's totally fine I because I am the same way. I can't even help it. I'm like, oh, it sounds, sounds like loose plans. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. And I, like, I just, I, I get it. And I really don't mind it because I just think the people that are worth talking to are worth working around, you know? It's not like I'm paying you money to be here. So it's like, what? I'm hat. <laughs> You're like, wait a second. Cut, cut tape. My agent <laughs> sent my rider in. Where are my M&Ms? Oh, but you know, it's like, I'm, yeah. I, I'll work around whoever I can work around because I know it's, worth it you know uh the last question i like to ask people tanaj is ask everybody the same last question i like to talk to people that are cool doing cool things basically it okay maybe somebody that wouldn't otherwise be on like you know a media outlet in new orleans who is the first person that comes to your mind or it can be multiple people who inspires you? Who's cool? Who do you oh. like? Who's you, who do you think I should talk to? I'm so, have you ever had two guests at once? I've not, but I've thought about it. Oh. We just, yeah. I don't even know if the, like what you would talk about. Um, and also I'm really biased, but like my partner, Alex, and yeah. our neighbor, Ken, like I'm like, why don't y'all do things together? Like just talking to the two of them, they are like a force. They're like a team, like anything any topic or anything you could think of they they have opinions really yeah i don't know if you follow them on the facebook but well, I, just added, I, I just added alex on facebook today because i i stalk everybody before they come in oh great and i got to see all his statuses about your cardio oh my god so tanaj and alex have been trying to get into cardio i guess we're a cardio couple now and now and now alex keeps writing these hysterical facebook statuses about being a cardio couple yeah it's so it, it could be a book 
it could like oh, but it's so, it's so funny that's why i'm like this is my, like my life and and we all live so close we share a backyard with ken like we we call it team house like they're so funny they're fun and interesting they're so funny i and love interesting. fun and interesting people and alex does really cool work too i know yes that. yes but and, I I love like the way he writes those Facebook statuses like that's the kind of people that I like to consume and have on here because he is writing those Facebook statuses for his small group of Facebook yeah. friends and they are art like it's creative it's funny he can it's, never run for politics yeah, but yeah of course yeah <laughs> it's just like pure entertainment it's like what a gift like yeah. for people to just write something that's so silly and fun and like that's how I I'm like I'll make to make it doesn't have to be this big grand thing and yet those statuses are so funny you know they're like, very like popping up on the facebook memories i'm like how dare you tell people i did this <laughs> like, like, but it's so funny in the moment it's like oh yeah that was good i guess so funny i love it i love those little moments of just like sweet creativity yeah and they've been so instrumental in helping me with the community fridge right and they will both probably tell you like oh i had some pushback like i didn't want to do it I didn't want I'm like but they are out there like grilling for me I'm like hey can y'all cook and they're like okay uh, I have a plan I'm gonna marinate this like I was just thinking hot dogs no 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 we don't do just hot oh, dogs that's so great I'm like okay this is good I'll take it I love that Tanaj this has been so nice how <laughs> you feeling I feel great this is wonderful oh I'm so glad that you agreed to come on yeah me too this is this is just so so much bigger than i anticipated i know we got a whole fancy setup yeah. it's, it's a whole thing we'd be sitting on the floor no floor sitting here <laughs> we got this nice 80 dollar couch from the goodwill Ooh, yeah damn. got a good deal um well y'all thank you so much for listening to this amp episode of planet nola if you liked this episode please tell a friend about it uh leave us a review if you write us a review and you dm me on planet nola pod on instagram Send me your address. I will mail you a very cool Planet Nola holographic sticker. It's very exciting stuff. Um, and thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe. Bye. Be in touch. <laughs>